You're listening to a property podcast from EG and Whitbread, recorded as part of London Real Estate Forum Week. I'm Tim Burke, EG's deputy editor, and today we're talking about hospitality in Westminster and one deal and one development in particular. Just over a year ago, in August 2022, Whitbread acquired Five Strand for £125 million with plans to develop the building, which was once the head office for Landsec, into a 700-bedroom hub by Premier Inn Hotel, the largest budget hotel in central London. Today, we'll be talking to the team behind that deal, covering the ground from site identification through to acquisition, through to planning the project, and putting it into the context of wider development within the West End and what it tells us about the future of hospitality in Westminster. I'm joined in the EG studio by Jonathan Langdon, Senior Acquisition Manager for Central London at Whitbread, David Morris, a Board Director at Planning Consultancy DP9, and Andrea Williams, Senior Assistant Director at the Westminster Property Association. Thank you all for being here with EG today. Jonathan, take us through, just to kick off, the checklist that you're working with when you're looking at a site in London. And I appreciate it'll be different depending on the borough, probably different depending on the brand that you think you're going to be working with. What kind of attributes are you looking for in an acquisition? And what are the ways in which Five Strand ticked particular boxes for you and the team? Yeah, thanks, Tim, and good morning. Yeah, I think, I mean, the checklist is, p- is pretty hefty, but there are key criteria, really, that we're looking at before we start to properly scrutinise the viability of different opportunities. Connectivity really is essential, ensuring that it's in the best locations where our guests want to be across our network. We have some very specific requirements in central London, primarily around transport nodes, which perhaps comes as no surprise whatsoever. Obviously, in, in this modern age, it's much easier for our guests to find locations using their maps on their phones and everything else. But primarily, proximity to those major transport nodes is what's key for us. Strand obviously ticked multiple boxes. You know, it's right in the heart of central London, next to Trafalgar Square, which is a globally renowned site. You've got the National Gallery there, which I think is London's most visited tourist attraction. Nelson's Column, you know, it's the location which is unparalleled, really. And it's uh, somewhere where we really, truly never imagined we'd be able to secure an opportunity. So for us, when it came before us, it was something that we moved heaven and earth to try and secure. And the desire to have a budget hotel and brand there. Is that something that you see the London market, the central London market missing? Most definitely. London is very much underweight in the budget sort of mid-market sector. It's always been or historically has been the domain primarily for high-end luxury hotels and we over the years, over my tenure with Whitbread over sort of 10-12 years, we've managed to turn the tables on that and secure and increase our market share within London to bring affordable budget accommodation of a high quality to our guests. And it's been really well received, as you might expect. Trading is excellent. We are trading ahead of our competitor set within our sector and achieving some really good rates and importantly, some great guest feedback and great guest scores, which encourages us to keep going and going. Across our network of about 850 hotels in the UK, occupancy levels are in the early to mid 80s which essentially means that we're full six nights of the week Sundays typically the day of the week where you don't get huge trades so it's, it's really encouraging us to keep going and keep growing our network in London and across the UK. So tell us how the deal came about and how you worked through it so this was an off-market transaction yeah 
How did it come to your attention and how did you then work through this transaction and, and make the acquisition come together? It's an opportunity that we became aware of probably about four or five years ago when it actually came to the market through a London practice. And we looked at it and sadly at the time missed out on it. We were the underbidder at that point in time. And as you do, you dust yourself off and you move on and you never think that these things are ever going to come back round again. And obviously the circumstances were such that the purchaser of the site, it was an Indian consortium, mm. got planning consent in that intervening period for essentially a Hyatt brand of 200 odd bedrooms. The opportunity came back through us through our agents, uh, Frame Real Estate, and we started having a look at it in earnest again. It was really exciting. As you say, it was off market. You know, being able to secure something in that kind of environment is preferable to trying to do it in competition with others. And we were able to, in the space of about six to eight weeks, do all of our due diligence and secure freehold, get our board approvals and do all the necessary work working up our scheme and our understanding of what we're going to deliver there within a very short period of time. So it was a lot of work over the summer, which was quite challenging, but we got there in the end. And yeah, we're really excited about what we're hopefully going to be able to deliver there for our guests. So talk us through what the project will be when complete. So what we're proposing is a, as you say, a 690-odd bedroom hub by Premier Inn arranged over ground and 13 upper floors. Quite interestingly, our proposals work within the same scale and massing of the extant planning permission for the Hyatt scheme. Given the hub brand and its differentiating factors, we're able to get more bedrooms into the same jelly mould, if you like. So we can get an extra floor in relative to the previous consent and also the rooms are slightly smaller. We don't have all of the ancillary facilities that some of the larger upscale hotel brands offer and therefore we can maximise the number of bedrooms within the scheme. So it will primarily be bedrooms on the upper floors but at the ground level we will have a food and beverage offering which will be serving the needs of the guests but obviously we'll be facing the street as well and we'll be trading externally to customers who want to come and use it and enjoy the facilities that are on offer. There'll be some public realm redesign as well which we're sort of developing our ideas along which is on the adjacent Craven Street section. So yeah it's really exciting for us and we're hoping to move towards planning committee towards the end of this year. Fantastic. David, if I can turn to you and get some insight into how you work through the planning process here, any risks that you encounter? I mean, Jonathan makes the point that this site had extant consent for a scheme mm. already, but of course you're going in, I guess, with fresh eyes and looking at what Whitbread now as owner is, is able to achieve. Take me through your role when you came in and what needed to be done from DP9's perspective. Yeah, okay, morning. I mean, we're very fortunate, probably second in after you, because planning is so important to this landscape and these sorts of deals. So we were in there early, and of course, you're being asked the obvious questions. Where are the banana skins? Can we do this? Are there any showstoppers? And you'd call that sort of basic due diligence in the way lawyers will do their, their role, etc. Th this actually, for Whitbread, was a, was a great site because it, you know, there was a lot of fixes and a lot of surety around what you could achieve. As Johnny says, there was a, an envelope. There's actually two consents for, this, for the site. The most recent one was a hotel, but before that was an office and a resi scheme as well, a David Ajay proposal. So there was a rich history, and from our perspective, you want to use all of that in a planning strategy. You don't want to start again unless you really have to. Yeah. So actually all the ingredients were there, and it was even better because, for reasons which we don't need to go into now, you know, Johnny Whitbread purchased a half demolished site and that was a real focus for politicians planning officers and also local residents mm. so actually coming in and saying we're going to fix this history and do something and we'll stand by our commitments has proved to be incredibly powerful since 
Mm. Yeah, that was yeah. certainly the case. One of the first things we did is you know get in front of the local stakeholders and residents who'd been living next door to a partially demolished site for the yeah. last few years. So yeah. they were very keen to see and are keen to see things come about there, which and is understandable. Yeah, and, and simple things like putting up some proper hoarding. Yeah, you know, cleaning the site up. You know, think small things like that really go a long way in a planning process because it it shows a commitment to a site which I think local people felt wasn't there before. And I think the other thing to say is the market dynamic around this type of hotel being sort of underserved in the area mm. actually really resonates both with residents and also the new political administration mm. at, at Westminster. It is extremely helpful that a Labour administration is here that is wanting to promote a more inclusive Westminster, something that is Westminster for all, not for the few. And mm. the brand and the, and the hotel speaks to that theme. Absolutely. Andrea, could you put this into the context for us of um, what Westminster, as a council, but mm -hmm. also the, the WPA, is looking to achieve in terms of sustainability at the moment? And maybe mm -hmm. we can touch a little bit on the charter that was published and the goals of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with David. I think you know, Westminster Council has its whole fairer Westminster vision and uh, lots of initiatives under that to make Westminster more inclusive and this new hotel meets both of those needs as you know driving the economy as well as making it more inclusive for residents so that's that's fantastic in terms of the charter so for lots of people that might be listening that might not know what the sustainable city charter is it's a joint charter by the WPA and also Westminster City Council with the sole aim of driving down operational carbon emissions from commercial buildings in Westminster, which contributes around 60 to 70% of uh, carbon emissions. And as you may or may not know, Westminster Council has um, a net zero city target of 2040, really ambitious, which we um, at WPA fully, fully support. So to bring down those carbon emissions, we need to tackle energy efficiency in commercial buildings. So and we're very pleased to say Whitbread is uh, one of those signatories and we'll be working very closely with Whitbread to help increasingly make their hotels more energy efficient and help make Westminster uh, a net zero city. In that respect, how might we expect to see this scheme different in significant ways to plans that have come forward for that site in the past? I think that's probably a question for Jonathan, but the charter really does apply to existing buildings. Mm. Across the charter, there are eight different themes that span from baselining right through to procurement. Um, and we've deliberately made the charter really inclusive, so there are currently no really strict targets, but we do ask our signatories such as Whitbread to put in place a plan as to how they're going to bring down their carbon emissions and I'm sure one's already on way for this hotel when it gets up and running. There's probably a whole separate podcast we could do on, <laughs> on that <laughs> in terms of Whitbread's <laughs> sustainability goals but it, you know helpully our corporate aspirations align very much with Westminster's so we, we were the first hospitality company to come out and state our target of net zero by 2040 which is hugely ambitious for a business with 850 hotels you know and you can imagine the, the amount of cookers and heating and hot water requirements and demands that there are so it's a it's a not insignificant goal for us to tackle but we are well on our way to achieving that and we're really excited about what we can do with our proposals at Strand. And it is exciting that you know just uh, I'm really obviously clearly really passionate about the charter so mm -hmm. to tell me to, to be quiet Tim if you need me to be not um, at all but <laughs> you know, and I, I can't stress this enough 
our members are really, really, really committed to driving down carbon emissions, whether that's operational carbon emissions or embodied carbon emissions. And the innovation and the commitment is it's definitely, it's definitely there. That innovation is such an important point, isn't it? Mm. Because there, there aren't always easy solutions here, but to know that real estate has a workforce that are committed to finding those solutions, nonetheless, is a, is a real bright spot. Absolutely. And, you know, outside, I mean, you know, people that work in real estate would use the idea that many of the big developers have, you know, sustainability teams that mm. are coming up with these innovations and are always looking at ways to bring down carbon emissions. But not all sectors have that. So, you know, a lot to be said to the testament about real estate taking this seriously. Agreed. Uh, what challenges do you see as most pertinent that remain ahead for the hospitality industry in, in London generally and, um, and in Westminster and, and the West End more specifically as it, as it recovers from all the challenges that have been thrown at it over recent years? I mean, from my perspective, there needs to be more of a debate, and it's not just about hospitality. It, it's a wider debate about redundant office space and what happens to it. And I think it's fair to say, Johnny, that one of the reasons that you could purchase Five Strand in the way you did was because of the relative context to the market. And that wouldn't necessarily always be the case, clearly. But there needs to be a more grown-up conversation about how other uses can make best use of existing buildings and mm -hmm. actually we're talking about Westminster today but if you look at what the city have done on the on the fringe and Whitbread have, have, have recently um, purchased something there mm. they're saying well there's an existing building here it's not going to be a good office it might not be a good office location what else can it be how can mm. we use that carbon and I think that's a much more mature way to think about the issue because then what it does is it drives in a relatively efficient way more mix of uses in in these kind of locations and it is a fact that putting a hotel here of this size and this type will absolutely transform the strand which has struggled from a public realm perspective mm -hmm. fmb retail from my perspective i think policy and the planning system could do more to help that yeah i, I completely agree with that i think it's quite interesting showing my age now you know looking around buildings which you know we're looking at buildings now that i was letting in a former life or trying to let in a former life and mostly failing miserably um and <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 now those buildings which which we're looking at and which are becoming obsolete and redundant and they're not meeting tenants requirements and we're we're going and they're going hey guys look we can we can repurpose this we can make this you mm -hmm. know we can give this a whole new lease of life and that's where we see the opportunity that's really exciting for us the probably not the main barriers but the, the challenges still remain uh, not completely but the planning environment is is challenging and trying to bring those local authorities on the journey with us has you know is something that we're really working hard on um and as david alludes to there are a good number of them that are are coming with us on that journey and uh, that will really help and enable us to to grow our our, our platform going forward mm. and is uh, david mentions there the the more recent acquisition in in the city of course uh, you know another another part of london in which that debate rages on uh, over the office space that's needed and what happens to the office space that isn't. Mm. Does it differ greatly to the, the project that you're working on in, in Westminster? Is it a, another side of that coin in terms of the building that you can bring some promise to that maybe others hadn't quite managed to? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's a slightly different circumstance because obviously you've got an mm. existing building that is starting to come to the 1970s um, land securities built um, office building in the city that's starting to become you know semi-obsolete 
obviously the strand was partially demolished and now actually fully demolished down to down to ground level so it's a slightly different playing field mm. as i said i think that we're really excited you know city of london is on that journey with us as well and we can we can really collaborate yeah. with them about opportunities going forward and that plays into their destination city program yeah. it plays into them trying to reinvigorate the city post pandemic and as i say we're really excited to be on that journey yeah and this is just a bit more of a nimble to produce a grade A office building there, you have to knock it down. Mm. And you have to put back probably less floor space than it's there, you know. True. So 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 then it poses the question, is that the right thing to do? And they you know, they have moved very quickly to a position that says, let's have that conversation. You know, Westminster for example, they're they're not there yet and our friends at the WPA are doing some good work there mm -hmm. to evolve that conversation. Clearly read our report over <laughs> retrofit first, not retrofit only. Indeed. Mm. The, the other thing we like to talk about as well is is, is jobs. You know, yeah. we, we we look at we look at hotels. You look at office buildings. The majority of office buildings around here are populated by people who don't live here. Uh, the majority of our pe the people that work in our hotels primarily, and we try to be are wor working locally. Yeah. You know, the Strand will probably employ 150, mm. 170 people, something like that, in that sort of order. Mm. Majority of those, probably three quarters of those, will be full time equivalents. And lots of those will live in the local area yeah. and they will be given opportunities to go through apprenticeship programs to grow within the hospitality industry. And that's where I'm really excited because it's not just about the property. It's about what we're doing in the local area. It's about what we're contributing. People are spending their money locally as well. We've just done some research and actually guests are spending sort of 130, 140 pounds per night when they stay in one of our hotels and we've yeah. I think researched about 350 of our hotels across our, our, our estate yeah. that money's always been spent it's been spent locally in the local economy on the whole that's why we don't just see it as, as property in a hotel it's about what we can contribute to the to the wider area and that's what we're trying to promote as part of all of these schemes that we're doing there's also an impact thing isn't there I mean one of the one of the incredibly helpful things for working for someone like Whitbread is that you know their landowner, developer, and operator. So you have that start-to-end story. The guys have an incredibly strong story around how you service these buildings because you know one van goes to five sites or whatever it is mm. in central London. It's not one van for each site, and these small things incrementally you know, build up to quite a strong story around impact in the local area, whether that be positive or negative. Mm. I'd love to get just as we bring this to a close a, a final thought from each of you on what the Five Strand project can mean for Westminster and for the hospitality sector within London. If you each had to point to something about this scheme that you would really want to inspire our listeners today, what would that be? David, can I ask you to jump in first? I, I would say, I, th I think as a project and as a brief, it speaks to the future of Westminster, which is more inclusive and fairer and I think you can humanize that and you think about the prospect of bringing your family to London and staying a night at, you know at a two interconnected rooms at 400 pounds each that that's not particularly inclusive and these room rates are very different and I think it will be a good thing for Westminster and and for the immediate area. Mm. Andrea how, how about you? Um, I think it's just a fantastic opportunity isn't it for people like myself that you know, want to stay in town for a couple of nights a week and that's mm. like really exciting I don't have to stay at the Ritz <laughs> not, <laughs> not that I'd ever again, get again, it, again. Uh, permission to <laughs> um, but, but yeah it's fantastic the economy and uh, into your other point I'm really excited to see plans for the public realm 
I think there's a really important place for public realm in keeping mm. visitors here and dwelling here and uh, yeah it's fantastic yeah I th I'd agree with all of that I think wh what excites me as well is if you look at the design I mean we haven't compromised on anything you know it might be a, a, a yes, budget mid-market offering it's it's a stellar design yeah. and that you know obviously I'm a bit biased on that but you know gone on the journey with with Westminster and we've worked with them throughout and it looks it looks fantastic that's on the outside on the inside as well it's great too you know the how innovative we've been with the design of the bedrooms and these circadian lighting solutions that we've got how we, how we light some of the bedrooms is is magnificent so I'm really excited about and seeing it come forward well I'm sure uh, with the scheme hopefully in front of committee soon we will be discussing this project again but for now Jonathan David Andrea thank you all for sharing your time and thoughts with EG uh, thank you for listening, and don't forget that if you'd like more of EG's coverage from LREF Week or any other news analysis and data, you can head to egi.co.uk forward slash news.